It's that time again, fellers, as Doc Journal presents The Free Parking Show. Just a bunch of country boys who have a lot to say about sports. They invite you to call in, text, or just listen in. So pull up a comfy chair and crack open a beer. It's time to talk sports, chicks, and flicks. All right, all right, all right. This is the Friday Night Free-For-All on the Free Parking Show. Uh, I'm Richard Pyle. With me is Peter DePaula. DePaula? DePaula? I still can't pronounce your name. DePaula. (laughs) We've been on the air together since, like, August, and I still can't pronounce your last name. Uh... We were gonna talk. We were gonna talk Zoolander tonight, but unfortunately, I could not find this movie anywhere. I'm actually gonna record it uh, next weekend, so we'll just recycle the movie of the week. I think we selected Black Mass tonight instead, and I know that that's just now. I think it comes out on DVD soon, anyway. Uh, so what we're gonna do tonight is we're gonna talk a little bit about Black Mass. Uh, Peter, you unfortunately were not on with us Thursday night, and I know you really wanted to make some of the uh, football movie picks, so we're going to let you run over those right quick, so that way on Thursday when we come back on and do round two, you'll be right, you, you'll be right there with us. All right. So, uh, but first, before we get started, I've got the story of the day. It's going to take about two, so well, not two seconds, but... So apparently, for those of you know, that listen in and you know, follow us and whatnot, I, I'm taking a... I'm at the local university, and my algebra class today, my instructor decides that, you know, at the, the he takes my pencil out of my hand without asking first, just to take the roll card. He's like, hey, let me get that, boom, and just yanks it out of my hand. I'm like, yo, what the heck, man? Why are you doing that? So, unfortunately, we got out early, but I was like, last one leave because the dude has my pencil. So then as he's taking roll, and people walking up giving him his last name, he starts marking people absent because they were quote unquote using their cell phones the entire time during class. And I'm like, uh, you know, it's going to reflect their grades if they're not paying attention. I said, push comes to shove if, you know, he was going to try and mark absent. I think if the student was to fight that, they would actually win that battle. I mean, we're paying for the classes, you're just teaching the classes. So it was kind of an odd moment, but it, at the same time, I get where he was coming from. It's kind of rude to be, you know, sitting in a math class while the teacher's trying to teach something, and there's other students like myself and, you know, and a handful of us that are trying to learn, and you always got them, the couple in the class that don't want to pay attention and be disruptive. So I understand that, but at the same time, you can't mark somebody absent just for playing on their phone. Let them lose out on their money and let them... Uh, you know, let him fail the class. What, what do you make of that? I think it's a good idea. You know, it's funny when you told me about that earlier. Um, I thought you were going to bring it up tonight on the show, and I agree with it. You know, when I was in college, um, I saw a lot of people be on their phones in class. It was kind of annoying because it's, you know, you're, you're paying all this money to sit in a class where you're not going to even, you know, bother with the class, and some of those people got bad grades when it's, it, 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 what your team the most about it was, it'd be in classes that, we're required for major, so it would be like a level 300, 400 class. For those who haven't, you know, for those who don't know what that is, you know, if you haven't been to college or you kind of forget what it is, uh, 300 or 400 is usually like the junior, junior, senior, senior level classes, the ones that are really tough and lots of papers and reading to do. Uh, well, at least when I was a history major, I don't know what it's like for other majors, but it's just frustrating to me when, when people do that because you're paying to go to school for a reason, and then if you're taking up someone's spot and you're going to fail the class because you can't pay attention, it's kind of a waste for that teacher to be teaching you because 
you know, just be an adult, I guess, is what I'm trying to get at. But I, I think it's a good idea for the film, because if you're not going to pay attention and just barely get by, you shouldn't, you shouldn't be able to pass a class if you're not going to get on what's going on. Oh, yeah, I agree 100% completely with that one. But it's been an interesting semester so far. The, the, like I said, I've told, said on the air before, our uh, algebra instructor is from Bangladesh, but he said he's been all over the country teaching, so I don't exactly know what to make of it just yet, but I'm going to, like I said, I'm going to try and apply myself really, really well to, to pass this class. So moving on to uh, Black Mass, you know... <sighs> If you haven't seen it, it tells the story of Whitey Bulger. Whitey Bulger is you know, the the notorious gangster was on the run from the FBI for like 20 years, you know, and I think Johnny Depp has actually went on record saying that this was, out of all the movies he's made, this has been his favorite to portray, which is kind of interesting because he plays such an evil, evil guy. And this may have been one of the... And I think what I loved about this movie so much was the fact that you don't see Jack Sparrow, you don't, you know, you don't see the quirky characters he's used to, and I think that's why the Lone Ranger, you know, flopped as bad as it did. They're like, oh, Johnny Depp's going to play a goofy Indian. We haven't seen this before, so he does Black Mass, and I'm gonna tell you, I the the character itself sent chills down my spine. Yeah, I'm with you there. If I definitely had a favorite character, because um, all the characters are great in this movie, I think everyone portrayed their role very well from what I've um, read and watched documentaries on about this about this case. But Johnny Depp was scary good in this movie, and I believe when we talked to your uh, actor buddy, he said he had seen and he said he was really good. And we asked him if either him or somebody else would win Best Actor, and he thought, I think he went with Johnny Depp with us too, but just an incredible movie, because if you read or hear about Whitey Bulger or you hear a lot of how crazy this guy was. I mean, literally, he was just, he did not care what he did because he pretty much ran Boston. And in the movies, you saw the cops would, would tip him off to certain things. The FBI, well, that one guy in the FBI pretty much allowed him to run amok in the city of Boston and, and do whatever he wanted because he helped bring down the Andrulo family. So, you know, the way he portrayed his character was, was very scary. And like you said, you're used to him playing these goofy kind of characters. And then for him to completely switch role and play probably the darkest role he's ever played in, in, cinema, in his cinematic career was just incredible, the way he played him. And I, and I, keep, I kept having to tell myself when I watched the movie that it was Johnny Depp and not Whitey Bulger because he looked just like Whitey Bulger in the movie. And like I said, the stuff you read and heard about him, how violent he was, it was almost like you were watching him on the big screen. Like, it was Johnny Depp was so perfect for that role. It just blew my mind. Yeah, it... I mean, we could go over favorite scene, least favorite scene. I think the uh, any time that he was on the screen would come down as a favorite scene for me. But one that really struck out was, I think they're all sitting down at the table in Florida right before they go they go kill kill somebody, and one of the guys is he's paying one of them off and he hands him the money and he was just like, you know, it was like take the money, take the money, take the money, and it was just the the way he delivered it, the eyes, the stone-cold blue eyes, it was just, it, you know, it was one of them things that just like, man, that that was an excellent performance he pulled off there. And I'm, I'm going to go with that as being one of my favorite scenes of the mo movie because it keeps playing back in my head every time I see a little ad on it on TV and whatnot. It's, ju it's just amazing. Yeah, it was, yeah, like, it's, it just, and, you know, I mean, Johnny Depp was just, incredibly brilliant in this movie and if I and you know it's funny because you and I usually do our favorite scene least favorite scene favorite character least favorite character I think this movie 
to me, and you can agree or disagree, disagree with me on this one, but um, Johnny, I mean, that entire movie, all the scenes and all the characters obviously are important because of what the movie is. It's based on a real-life story. Um, I don't really have a least favorite character or uh, scene in the movie. The only person I didn't like was Agent Connolly because he was just such a little punk. He, and you could tell that he was afraid he was going to get caught because he was always asking, well, what do you guys know about this person that's just on... Why do you bolt? Because you're be afraid he going to get thrown under the bus too. Um, so he was kind of annoying, but obviously he's part of the story because he was the one who allowed this stuff to happen. Um, the entire movie is just very well done. It, it makes you think too, because it, just, it makes you think like, how could this happen for such a long time? And then what was crazy about the entire situation is he goes into hiding for 19 years. Nobody knows where this guy is, but how did he get away for 19 years? And and it makes me wonder, like, did somebody, you know, did somebody protect him until it was until they were going to get the, the lid blown off them, or did he really, or did he really vanish for 19 years and just kind of keep a low profile? Because what I always wondered was, when he moved and he got to California, did he move around the world, and how did he hide himself for such a long time when he was on the run? Because remember, he, you know, everyone knew what this guy was probably looking like. That was in the authorities, and I'm sure that people saw his photo in the paper, like, where is this guy? But how does somebody like that, that high-profile, hide for 19 years in the United States without well, possibly getting some sort of help? I don't know, and I don't think we're ever going to find out the truth. No, probably not. I mean, the guy had money. I think when they broke in, you know, when they went and arrested him and they searched the house, it was like over, it was like 7 or $8 million in cash or something just laying in a chest, or and he's living in some high-profile apartment. But from what I understand, he... Rarely left the apartment complex, had everything there his apartment. He never had anything he needed, and it was just tipped off by one of the neighbors. You know, saw the, the lady would go out and walk her dog out there in the California sun and got caught. I don't know. I know I followed some of the story when it was on America's Most Wanted. For whatever reason, I have a fascination with the FBI's Most Wanted Fugitives, and I always check up on them and whatnot, but... uh that lady was just walking her dog, and somebody said, oh, well, maybe that's her, and that's how he got bust. I mean, apparently you can't run forever. Eventually you're going to get caught. So, you know, and that's the beauty of Hollywood is they it, it kind of st stuck true to the story of how he was actually arrested. Yeah, it, it was it was because, you know, it's funny. Growing, you know, and I've talked about this before, growing up in Connecticut most of my life until just about over a year ago. And you would hear things about him just when, like, when he got arrested. You know, you hear maybe stories from locals saying, like, hey, you know, like, I heard about this guy growing up as a kid because he ran amok in Boston. And it's interesting because I heard stories from people that, you know, heard about him or maybe had seen him walk by somewhere in Boston. And it's just interesting, like, the, it, I had this one guy told me, he, he walked by him a couple of times, and I guess he actually saw him in that bar Triple O's one night, and he goes, it's, it sends me to shivers when I saw this movie, because what this guy did, and I was sitting, you know, not far from him at Triple O's, maybe I walked by him on the streets of Boston, like, here and there, because I hung around the neighborhood he, I guess he lived in, he was like, it just scared me to death when I saw this movie, thinking, man, this guy... Was that nuts? I walked by a guy that killed people, did not care what he did, and ordered out hits on people and just and stole money from people by extorting it. I mean, the guy was literally just a criminal mastermind. And it, goes, it blows my mind every time I see an ad for this movie or when I saw it, when I see 
something about this film, it just, it terrifies me to know that I saw this person walking around Boston. I was, I sat, you know, feet away from him in a bar one, a couple of times, I guess, at this one bar, and he goes, man, you know, just, he told me it was just a different world back then. You know, now, now you do stuff like that, you get caught immediately, because the FBI and the government knows, for the most part, how the mob and, and how these people work, but he did it for a long time, and it's just, I don't know, it, it's scary to think that somebody is allowed to commit those kinds of crimes and nothing happens until he has to get away and then finally gets caught near, probably near the end of his life. Yeah, it's, I know a couple of people that are, that are friends with on Facebook that live up in the Boston area and they just refuse to see this movie for the simple fact because they were so attached to what happened, whether it was themselves or their family members and they just, it's, from what I read is a lot of the Boston people did not want this film made because it, you know, they were kind of portraying something that was that evil that disrupted there. And, you know, I can't say that I disagree with them, but I'm not from Boston, never been to Boston one day, maybe. But, you know, I, I think it's a story that had to be told because, like you said, this guy was on the run from the FBI for like 20 years. So, you know, you had to figure out where he came from and whatnot. And the cast was just so phenomenal. Uh, you know, if I was going to actually rate this, man, it's tough because just of the performance from Johnny Depp alone would give it 10 out of 10. But, you know, there's very, like Ryan said, there's very few films that are, you know, 10 out of 10. So I'm going to leave this at a 9 and 3 quarters out of 10. <laughs> I'm going to go with a 10 out of 10 just because I like the way the story was told. I thought the casting was, was done very well. And like you and I have talked about, Johnny Depp's character was, man, that was, that was some scary stuff. Uh, definitely going to have to give this one a 10 out of 10. I don't, I don't do that very often. I gave the Shaw's Redemption a 10 out of 10 last week. But I think just because of the way the story was told and what I've heard and read about what went on, how how accurate it was and just how how terrifying it was at certain points definitely makes it for me. And one another thing I think we don't talk about in movies was, how about the music for the scenes? I mean, the music really set the tone. It was kind of like foreshadowing, and the music was very well done in this movie, too, I think, in my opinion. Oh, yeah, absolutely. It's just, it's almost like that they hit it right on the head because <laughs> I, I cannot praise Johnny Depp high enough for what he had went through to, to do that role. I mean, the, the, the dinner scene table from the first trailer, uh, you know, all the way from start to finish, just a phenomenal role. Probably, like I said, one of the best we've seen on, in cinema in a long time. And going back to the, the friend of mine, Nelson, it was uh, Southpaw, Jake Gyllenhaal, that we uh, talked about on that one as well. So, And we were debating between him and... Uh, Johnny Depp because the movies came out right around the same time. So before we get into the uh, your first round of this uh, draft real quick, because I know that one's going to take a little bit of time, I don't know if you, you know, because we talk a lot of TV shows and whatnot, and I actually watched the first episode of Outsiders with uh, David Morris Ryan, and Ryan Hurst, and let me tell you, if you have not, you know, if you're missing your Sons of Anarchy, if you're missing your Walking Dead, if you're missing your Breaking Bad, this one has the potential to rank right up there with them. They're, they're, apparently they're making, it's called Feral Wine, so they're fer, fer, the Feral family lives on the mountains, and they live like the way they want to live. 
the tangle with the law. You got a lot of uh, a lot of mix, a lot of stuff going on in the pilot episode because it just aired this past Tuesday. But I'm gonna tell you that show right there is gonna be awesome. I don't know if you've seen the trailer for it yet or not, but it was kind of cool seeing Ryan Hurst rocking the beard again from his Sons of Anarchy days. No, I haven't seen the trailer yet, and I haven't watched the show. Um, but I'm thanks for the recommendation. I'm gonna have to check it out. Um, but the one show I've been watching that I, well, I, I started from the beginning because I had missed so much of what happened between. Well, I I missed a lot of the early stuff with X Files because I started watching it towards the end, um, and then the final season I watched, and they brought it back. They uh, they've already aired two episodes. They did back to back nights with one episode. Uh, very interesting the way they brought it back. The concept with the uh, backstory is now um, definitely it's it's very interesting. They brought Joe McHalen. To uh, play a role in the first two episodes, I believe it was the first two, if not just the first one. I, I watched them both back to back. It's definitely X Files. Like they, there's a lot of people you'll you'll remember from the uh, the original series that they brought back. Uh, definitely surprised at the end of the second episode. Definitely something worth checking out. Joe McHale was in both actually. Now that I recall it, but just an, they did a great job bringing it back I, I'm kind of hoping that it's more than a six part mini uh, mini series because the way they brought the show back they could make a whole season or two out of the backstory or the story now that they're using maybe not the backstory but the story that's been brought to the forefront with the um, with the two new episodes and uh, Rich I don't know if you watched the X-Files but I would recommend at least trying to catch up or read about it online if, if for our listeners too, if you haven't watched it before it's on Netflix ne- never, yeah I've never seen it I've never seen one episode it's yet it's really good they brought it back and it was like it was kind of intense the, the, the new episodes it was yeah, a little bit intense in some parts uh, which the original series got intense too so they brought it back and it was like David Duchovny and Julian Anderson it was like they were they were right back in their characters and Definitely something worth watching, in my opinion. I love it. I love the series. It's my favorite series of all time. So I, I had to watch it. I had to. <laughs> oh, yeah. Well, you know, normally when they run like a six-episode thing, it's kind of like a, a test. So maybe they expanded it. Maybe, the, you know, whoever's running it goes, was it Fox or is it CBS or whoever? Whoever it is, maybe they expand it to, you know, they order a full series for it. Sometimes that happens. Uh just a friendly reminder, uh, The People versus OJ, I think, airs this Tuesday night, and uh, I think that was all that was coming back, and like I said, we're, we're still, I'm, I don't have any more Walking Dead news for you other than uh, Norman Reedus said there's going to be a huge fight between Negan and whatever, but we all know that that's going to go down. Uh, other than that, the only thing that they're confirming is Negan is going to appear in the season finale. Uh, no more Red Dead Redemption news. Uh, that you know, we we try and keep you guys up to date on what's going on. But you know, once the Walking Dead starts back up, we're gonna have the Walking Dead segment talking about each episode. All right, so we're gonna go ahead and get into this uh, portion of this draft so you can play catch up. Now I'm gonna give you the rules real quickly. You you don't you are allowed to draft one player per team. Uh, once you use that player, you cannot use him again. I think we made it through uh, the first round, and uh, it took a good while on uh, last night. So that way, you know, you can come back on Thursday night and make your second round picks. Because I think the way it's ending up is we could probably do the full two rounds, and then do like uh, like the following week, do some sort of free agent signing day where you pick whatever whatever pieces are left up out of the uh, the player pool. So are you All ready right. to go? I am. 
All right, so the current draft order, uh, number one to the Titans, go. All right, well, the Titans need a running back, and uh, I thought about this a little bit because that was when you sent me the list, and I decided to go with Earl, Earl Maggot from the longest yard. Uh, anyone who's seen the movie, great running back, and uh, any young quarterback needs a solid back. And I can't remember the last time a running back was taken this high that, aside from Trent Richardson, who was the complete bust. So hopefully for the Titans, this turns out better. <laughs> Yeah, I think uh, um, I know that Ryan's Billy Bob from uh, Varsity Blues, and I actually took the program's left tackle, Bud Light Kaminsky. Uh, you know, they were all solid <laughs> picks. And believe it or not, when we were running through these uh, last night, I think there was only one name or two names that came up in the same picks. And believe it or not, this was actually, we, we spoke on how hard this was to actually build this draft up. All right, so uh, number two was the Cleveland Browns. Cleveland yeah. Browns. Well, Hugh Jackson's been on the record saying that uh, allegedly says he doesn't want to deal with uh, Johnny Manziel, who will probably be out. And we all know the Browns like the draft quarterbacks that can't do anything in the league, so we're going to have to go with Uncle Rico here at the number two pick just to fall suit with the Browns' bummy quarterbacks they've been drafting. <laughs> I, you I, know, I had... Have you heard my picks last night? I can't remember who Ryan took. I think we all actually took quarterbacks. I think uh, Frank actually took Shane Falco here, maybe, or he went to Dallas. I did draft uh, Jonathan Moxon from Varsity Blues because he can run the spread offense. Uh, number three was the San Diego Chargers. This was a tough one. Um, they've got a lot of holes to fill here, and I think one of them is definitely wide receiver for a couple reasons. It's, I believe uh, their best receiver uh, is going to be gone after the season. He's free agent. I think he suffered a concussion in one of the last games, so he might be done for his career. So, um, this one I'm going to have to go with, just because of the name High Hands. They need somebody, you know, obviously High Hands, they need someone that can catch and score a touchdown. I'm going to go with Rasheed Hot Hands Hannon from the Little Giants. Wow, he might be, that. He might yeah. be pretty young, but, but screw it, why not? <laughs> have fun. <laughs> well, the, the, joke, the running joke last night is anytime somebody went off the board from the Little Giants, Frank was like, why are you guys taking him? So he's got a 40-year career. <laughs> Yeah, true. Yeah, I didn't even think of it like that. <laughs> <laughs> My pick was uh, Necessary Roughnesses, uh, Menuwama, the, the big Hawaiian dude, the, the big slender. Uh, number four was uh, Dallas Cowboys. Well, Dallas, they need they need a couple of things. But as we've seen in the past couple of seasons, when Tony Rummel goes down, his backup, his backup options aren't that good. And I decided to go with Paul Crew. Why not? We all saw the remake. I'm sure if you guys have seen the remake of The Longest Yard. The guy was a boozer, went to jail because he had a DUI, crashed his car. And what is Dallas like? They like guys that have been to jail or have almost gone to jail. So you got to keep it with that. You know, Paul Cruz is definitely going to go to Dallas. And, of course, my pick, for those that didn't listen last night, was uh, the Little Giants quarterback, Junior Floyd. A lot of time to learn under Tony Romo. Uh, number five, Jacksonville Jaguars. This was another really tough one. Uh, this one actually made me think quite a bit. I think their offensive line played much better this year. I was thinking about going there, but they got to go with somebody from, you know, somebody on the defensive side of the football because they uh, their defense struggled. They did lose their top traffic last year. So I'm going to go with on this one, hmm, I'm going to go with the water boy himself. Mr. Bobby Boucher, the guy who can flat out tackle anyone and has world-class speed. And just for Ben Coffin last night, because I know he was listening, in case he wasn't listening, I went ahead and took Rudy's Rolling Steel all-time uh, 
he was an all-pro over Notre Dame his entire career there. Uh, number six, Baltimore Ravens. Baltimore needs, well, they need quite a bit of help. Uh, they've got an aging running back down there. They do have some young talent, but I went with a running back for them too. And uh, I'm going to go with Forrest Gump because he can also uh, play on special teams, as you had mentioned, Rich. So I'm going to go yep, with him. Yep. And I know that they needed a safety. I selected Brian Chavez. He was one of the smartest ones on the board. He can go in there and contribute. Very, very complex uh, defensive scheme that John Harborough runs. Uh, number seven was the San Francisco 49ers. So San Francisco is another one of those teams that definitely has some holes to fill, but I think it's mostly going to be defensively. However, they did trade their best tight end, um, even though he's been struggling. And Vernon Davis. So I decided to go with Hurley from the longest yard to the 49ers. Mm, good pick, good pick. Actually, I don't think anyone selected him in the first round last night. Uh, my selection for this GM, team. Bad GM. Yep, I think my uh, my pick last night was uh, Deacon Moss uh, and Quan Bolden's impending free agency. They needed a big wide receiver that can jump balls in the red zone for Kaepernick. Uh, number eight was the Miami Dolphins. Miami, Miami, Miami. Well, they've got some pretty good offensive talent. Defensively, they're not bad either. Uh, so this one, man, you really st- this, this is one of the ones that's really going to stump me because, like I, you know, I just mentioned, but I'm going to have to go with probably a defensive back. I think they, you know, they're playing in a division with a lot of great talent, some great receivers and quarterbacks. So I decided to go with uh, P.D. Jones from Remember the Titans. Mm-hmm. He went down my list. uh I went corner as well. I took Stefan Dordovich, uh, Tom Cruise from All the Right Moves. Had a lot of off-the-field issues, but he is still he was my second-ranked cor- corner in this draft. Oh, he would have uh, been a perfect fit for Dallas. All the field <laughs> yeah, he probably would have, but I think they're getting Orlando Skandrick back, and they've got two young corners there as well. So I did kind of draft with team <laughs> needs. Uh, next one was Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Tampa Bay, this one, they've got, we talked about this on the show before, how good their yeah. offense is. Um, so defensively, they need some work. Uh, they've got an offensive-minded coach now, but that doesn't mean they should ignore the defense. So on this one, I'm going to go with Earl, Wilk, Earl Wilkinson from the replacements. Is that wow. how I see it? Yes, 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 the safety. Believe it or not, that was one uh, Amos did not draft with us because he has not had time to do the draft. And he was asking, you know, what happened to Earl Wilkinson, and I said he fell in my draft. He's like, I've got him lined up to go in the second round. I went ahead and went another corner here, and I gave the Tampa Bay Buccaneers uh, Wildcats Tremaine. Uh, Number 10 was the New York Giants, and they need a pass rusher. They need a pass rusher, but they they also need more than just Odell Beckham Jr. Victor Cruz. I don't know if Victor Cruz is going to play on the snap in the NFL just because he had such a hard time coming back last year. But I went with the pass rusher here. Um, and I this one's another tough one because I sort of looked over this list the other night when you sent it to me originally. Yeah. Uh, and I decided to go with, on this one, and this one might be a little bit of a reach, but Vontae Davis from draft day. Mm. Actually, that was a good, that was a good pick. I, I thought about taking him early on. And actually went with fast times at Ridgemont High's defensive end, Charles Jefferson. I think everybody actually went pass rush last night, so you're kind of following in suit here. Uh, Chicago Bears was next. Chicago. Well, 
they've got a pretty good young running back that filled in for Matt Forte most of the season. Um, I, I think you and I have kind of come to a consensus agreement that Matt Forte won't be coming back next yep. year. Yep. The Bears. So he'll probably go somewhere where he can win a championship or try to. So I'm going to go with another running back here in this spot. And this is another one that's really tough. But I'm going to go with Jerry Redburn Harrison. Remember the Titans. What a wow, great back yeah. he was for them. Yeah. Yes, he was. Especially when he had the uh, half-back box at the end or whatever. Great film. That that actually came down. I think one night we're going to all have to sit down and get a ranking of our top ten football movies. That should be an interesting night as well. Uh, I actually went longest yards Swatowski. Uh, great pick. Only, great. I, almost, I almost took him too, actually. I was looking at that name. <laughs> the, the inside joke was they got so many running backs in the division with uh, Adrian Peterson and... Uh, Eddie Lacy. So I said, what better way to have somebody that can knock somebody out that quickly and cause him to soil himself? And I said, that all invoke fear in the running backs in that division. Uh, New Orleans Saints was number 12. Well, when you think about New Orleans, what do you think about offense? Defense, man, terrible. So yep. they, they were terrible, especially against the pass. And with when you have the offensive the receivers in that division that are so talented offensively the way they are, you know, Mike Evans and Vincent Jackson, um, you know, then you look at the receivers in Atlanta and even, even Carolina, too. You know, you got great quarterbacks. Um, I don't think Jameis Winston's great, so uh, I'm not going to include him on that list. But on defensive backs, I'm going to go with uh, Tremaine from the Wildcats. Oh, uh, not a bad selection. I went Little or I'm sorry, Little Giants linebacker Becky the Icebacks O'Shea. Great against the red zone run defense. She kind of gets lost, maybe not want to play football for a while and they, you know, but if you get her in the game and put her on the field, she's actually excellent in pre-snap reads and everything else. Uh, let's go ahead and knock out Philadelphia and then we'll go ahead and go to commercial. Philadelphia was number Philadelphia. 13. This is, this is another interesting one here. Um, now, Rich, remember the one you would pick for Cleveland? Do I now? Uh, who, was the, who was the guy that you said ran the, ran the spread offense very well? Uh, Jonathan Moxon. I'm going to go with him despite the change probably to a West Coast offense because I think they have the offensive talent to run a spread offense and uh, maybe turn him into an NFL quarterback under a West Coast system. So I'm going to go from there on the Eagles. They need a QB. Sam Bradford to me is only is only for the here and now. He's not the future. Yeah, and I actually went the program's quarterback, Joe Kane. You know, uh, Sam Bradford's asking for $25 million. He can ask all he wants to. You know, <laughs> I think – yeah, and I, I – I said, well, you know, Joe Kane, he, he's a recovering alcoholic, so he'll be all right down there in Philly. Uh, like I said, uh, the next two picks, Oakland Raiders, Los Angeles Rams. We'll get to those right. We'll be right back after this commercial break. Well, the boys are talking, and the show is really moving along. But we need to take a break before a fight breaks out. People end up in the hospital. Stay tuned, and we'll be right back now, you hear that boy's good. Mm. 1877 cars for kids. K A R S cars for kids. 1877 cars for kids. Donate your car today. 1877 cars for kids. K A R S cars for kids. 
1-877-CARS-FOR-KIDS Donate your car today. Also on the web at carsforkids.com. That's cars with a K. We're a recognized 501c3 charity organization, so you'll receive a maximum tax deduction. What's more, you'll receive a free vacation voucher of three days and two nights. 1-877-CARS-FOR-KIDS K-A-R-S, cars for kids. one 877 cars for kids Donate your car today. Are you looking for the web's best sports news? Visit jockjournal.com. Sports media has lost its touch. It seems that journalists are scared to report what they see for fear of losing access to the teams they cover. At jockjournal.com, you get inside info on the entire NFL community without all the politics or fears other writers have. That's jockjournal.com. When you need the NFL sports news, information, opinions, fantasy, football, or discussions, there's only one place to go and it's jockjournal.com okay the boys have settled down one has a beard in and the other has a stake on his eye well, why don't you give them a call and tell them what you think uh, we are on the free parking shows Friday night free for all and in case you're joining us we talked a little uh, black mass I, some for whatever reason that's not sinking into my head we're letting Peter play a little catch-up on this uh, football movie draft we did last night. When we left off, we covered all the way up to 12. Or no, I'm sorry, all the way up to 13. We are now at 14 with the Oakland Raiders. Go ahead. All right, Oakland. Well, they need somebody that can cover a tight end because you know I, I heard throughout the season and now that they're not um, playing right now that they need somebody that can cover them. Um, I'm not really sure who would be good at that on our list. So we'd either have to be a linebacker or probably a defensive back. So if I'm going to go with a defensive back, um, that could probably do some damage maybe. Just because just because this guy's jacked, uh, he could maybe put a tie down on their back, blow him up at the line of scrimmage. Um, I'm going to go with Cheeseburger Eddie. Wow, you know what? That was my pick as well. I always said he's got blocking <laughs> skills. He can fill the immediate void of recently retired Charles Woodson. So, like I said, if he gets hungry during the game, you know he's got the Big Mac hookup. <laughs> yeah. All right, number 15 was the Los Angeles Rams. It's weird to hear Los Angeles Rams now, isn't it? Yes, yes it is. <laughs> so, man, you want to talk about a team that needs a quarterback? Nick Foles, I think, well, all right, it's hard to say whether they need one or not. Um, because I think they don't have the offensive talent still at the wide receiver position. So I thought about quarterback here, but I'll give Nick Foles one more year. So I, I decided to go here and pick a, uh, a wide receiver. Um, I decided to go with Rod Tidwell from Jerry McGuire. Hmm. Interesting decision. I said, what did I say? Hold on. Uh, any given Sunday, Steeman Williamson. Uh, they need a quarterback. He's no, he was number three on my draft board. You know, they, they need a mobile quarterback because, you know, you got Kaepernick coming back with Chip Kelly. You got Russell Wilson in Seattle. That'll make the third mobile quarterback within that division. Detroit Lions, number 16. Detroit's another interesting uh, team here. They've, they've got a good amount of needs. Uh, running back, I'm not really sure. Maybe they don't run the ball enough, in my opinion, to need one of them. Uh and they have the tight ends. They've got their receivers pretty much. But what about an offensive line? They definitely need some help on the offensive line. Uh, I'm going to go with Michael Orr, even though he he is a pro already. But 
just because of how, how much of a beast he was, I'm going to go with him to help fill the void um, or help fix that putrid offensive line they have in Detroit. And for those that don't know, that was the, from the movie The Blind Side. Uh, my selection last night was uh, the longest yards running back Earl Meggett for the simple fact that they haven't had a running back of his caliber since Barry Sanders hung it up. Uh, number 17, Atlanta Falcons. Atlanta, this is another interesting one, Rich. Uh, I think tight end is where I would go with them here based because of the situation they're in now. And you can correct me if I'm wrong here, but uh, Ray Buzz was the tight end. I remember the tight end. He was a tight end. Uh, I can't remember if he was or not. All right. Well, the only reason I asked is because he was under fullback tight end. But Al okay. Buzz, they, Ray Buzz, I'm I'm going to select him here, even if he did play fullback. Okay. I apologize to the listeners. Oh no, I think I, would... I think the way it is is we could. There was only really one true tight end that I could find. So everybody, I think you can interchange those. So yes. I'll go with Ray Buds then. Um, they definitely need a tight end, and it would also help he's a fullback because then you could use play action and throw, throw it to him in the flat to keep defenders on and then try to open up the deep passes with short passes that kill that kill the defense. Uh, Ryan and I actually both selected uh, the replacements tight end Brian Murphy last night. Loves a tight end that's willing to block and go across the middle of the field, catch passes in space. You know, we said Murphy was deaf, but at the same time, Seattle had a player that was deaf and it all worked out. Number 18, the Indianapolis Colts. Well, it looks like the Andre Johnson experience probably will not continue in Indianapolis. They need receivers that are younger. Um, so I'm going to go with Ricky Jarrett from Ballers. Wow, good selection. And we went... Great our, show. Yes, I think... I can't remember who drafted where who. Uh, I know that I took uh, Necessary Roughnesses defensive tackle Andre Krim. For the simple fact that no matter how many offense weapons you got, you still need somebody to plug the holes up and stop the run, and that's been the Colts' knock for a while now. Uh, number 19, Buffalo Bills. Buffalo, they need defense, and that's hard to imagine with a Rex Ryan-led team that their defense wasn't good. So, And I wanted to go wide receiver here because Percy Harbin, he's so hit or miss. They don't have a two-number two receiver, but I think they can get a good, some good talent in the second round. So I decided to go with, just because of the name alone, Papa John from Longshore, because Rex Ryan likes to likes to create noise, and with a name like Papa John, I'm sure that would create a lot of interest in Buffalo just based on his nickname, so let's go with that one. I went with the Waterboys middle linebacker, Bobby Boucher. He's a tackling <laughs> machine. <laughs> and he get, and you know he, he can play inside, he can play outside. We know Rex loves a guy. You know, that can get in the players, you know, that can get after the QB, especially when you're playing against the, the, New, the New England Patriots. Uh, New York Jets were number 20. Well, the Jets, this, this is another interesting situation because when you look at their roster, they've actually got a pretty talented roster. Um, and I decided to go with quarterback here because Bryce Petty, we don't know if he's NFL ready. Um, and as we talked about on the show, Ryan Fitzpatrick obviously is in the future for any team. He's getting up there in age. So I decided to go with Shane Falco from the replacement. Wow, good selection. I don't think anybody went quarterback. I think we all said Fitzpatrick gets another year. I think we actually, I think, I can't remember who took what. Uh, I actually took the program's outside linebacker, Alvin Mack. Monsters, great, and get an opposing player's heads. 
Perfect fit for Todd Bowles. Like I said, he's another one of them inside-outside linebackers. Also said he should be healthy from the devastating leg injury during his junior year at ESU, which was the uh, the, the Wolves, ESU Wolves, was the fictional school he played at. Number 21, Washington Redskins. All oh, right. Right into the playoff teams. This is an interesting, another interesting selection. Uh, I'm going to have to go with defense on, for them on this one. I think their defense can lead some help. So I'm going to go with uh, Tony Battle from the longest yard. Good selection. Good choice. Uh, I went uh, Little Giants center, Rudy Zoltan, last night. I said they've got the one-two punch with Alfred Morris and Matt Jones. Need somebody who can clear some lanes, and what a better way than a kid that can blow some excellent gas to do that. <laughs> Number 22, the Houston Texans. Well, they need a quarterback, so I'm going to go with Joe yep. Kane, the program. Uh, I went Varsity Blues Lance Harbor for the simple fact that when he tore his ACL in high school, he was running the offensive coordinator position, and he can, like, he'll be able to, he'll be a quick learner under the uh, Bill O'Brien complex offense. Number 23, Minnesota Vikings. Minnesota. <laughs> Rich, and I'm sure you agree with me on this one. They need a wide receiver bad yep, because of yep. how bad their receivers are. So I'm going to go with, and I'm going to go with another Ballers wide receiver on this one. I'm going to go with Alonzo Cooley from Ballers. Yep, good selection. I went Jerry Maguire's wide receiver, Todd Wood, Rod Tidwell. They, you know, doesn't have the size, lacks the heart. Vikings may have to show him the money down the road. Uh, number 24, Cincinnati Bengals. Well, the Bengals, this is another interesting situation, Rich, because this team was really probably one of the best complete teams in the NFL. I think we didn't talk about them being a complete team, but I think that they are. They've got a lot of depth. Uh, but with their second year, we're getting a little older, and Pac-Man Jones, obviously not getting any younger by the day. I said we go with the defensive back because I think that's what they're going to want to use. Um, I'm going to go with, and this, this was a tough one, but I went with, uh, if I had to make a pick right now, I'd go with, Spike Hammersmith from Little Giants. <laughs> he's young. He's young. So, you know, they could wait five years and then put him in the lineup. <laughs> yes, yes, they could. And I, I took longest set yard safety Torres. He was a smoking convict, the the Spanish dude. They need that hard-hitting safety. And, you know, you can pair him with Vontez Perfect, him, and they can go criminal on the teams in the league. Uh, oh, Pittsburgh Steelers. Known felon, too. Don't forget about him. Yeah. Uh, and Pac-Man Jones wasn't exactly. He, he oh wasn't. yeah, yeah. They, see, we need you last night for these one-liners. So we had he's a like, very good felon when it comes to doing stupid stuff off the field. I don't think he's a convicted felon, but he's done some pretty dumb stuff. So yeah, yeah, yeah. You know the the bad boy secondary. It works. Yep. <laughs> uh, number five, twenty-five, Pittsburgh Steelers. Uh wow. So this is a great. This this is another tough one. Um, their offense is stacked. Their defense still needs some work. There's a lot of people that we could go with here. So I'm going to go with Torres in the longest yard. They need some secondary help. <laughs> it's like you flipped on me. I went Petey Jones from the Remember the Titans. Uh, he had fumbling problems as a running back. Tried him out his corner, and he was, you know, the the heart and soul of that secondary. Number 26, Seattle Seahawks. All right, well, that one is a good one. Uh, I'm going to go with, hmm, they need a running back, really, now, because there's. I, I know that uh, Rawls had a really good rookie season uh, before his injury, but they might want to add another one just to have a one-two punch. And I'm going to go with Brian Smash Williams from Friday Night Lights, the TV Ooh, show. Man. 
Imagine him playing up in Seattle behind that offensive line. I went with a uh, King of the Hills tackle, Will Bill Dotrieve, the bulldozer. Needed, yeah. you know, they needed a lineman because J.R. Sweezy's a free agent. They probably will let him go. So you draft him. He comes in there, kind of depressed and out of shape. But like I said, you get him a, a, a three months of training camp. He'll be good to go by opening day. Number twenty-seven, Green Bay Packers. Green Bay Packers. Well, their offensive line struggled throughout the year. Uh, so I'm going to have to go with an offensive lineman here. Um, and this is actually, I think, just the second one I'm taking tonight. I'm going to go Charles Green from Ballers on this one. Yep, that's another good selection. Coming back, trying to, he's trying to get back in the league. I think it'll give him a second chance. I went with the longest yards, Tony Battle. They need help up front. Clay Matthews can't do it by himself on that defensive end. Number 28 was Kansas City Chiefs. Kansas City, this is another interesting one. And yeah. I, I'm i going to go with a, a wide receiver here. I think they can still add some more talent to the offensive side. So Deacon Moss in the longest yard. Mm, good selection. Deacon Moss went earlier, I think, for the most part. He went pretty early for a lot of people. Uh, I selected last night uh, the tackle, the big tackle from the movie Rudy, uh, Mateo, or Mateo, or whatever his name is. Uh, he can, you know, play alongside uh, Eric Fisher. Uh, they can solidify that uh, that offensive line even more. 29, our boys in New England. No, I'm sorry, when Arizona Cardinals at 29. We had to move them down because of the because of how they lost their draft pick. So uh, we're still picking for the Patriots, but it's the Arizona Cardinals. All right, so 29, uh, this is a good one. Uh, I had to think about this one a little a, a little bit when you, before you announced it. I'm going to go with Vince uh, Papel from Invincible. I think their special teams could use some work, and why not bring in a guy that's really hungry to play? Yep, and I went with any given Sunday's linebacker, Luther the Shark LeVay. He fell on a draft due to head injuries, but, you know, they got the new concussion protocol in place, so it'll prolong his career a little bit longer. Finally, our team, uh, number 30, the New England Patriots. All right, so unfortunately <coughs> they're not really going to be drafting here in the real draft because of the, um, the penalty yep. in the NFL. Yep. But for our show, and I'm glad, to, I'm glad we're doing this because we talked about this before, Rich, you and I, and I think we talked about this um, in our free parking group chat on Facebook about them needing an every down back. So I decided to go with uh, Ray Jennings from draft day. Wow, that's a I good think, selection. Yeah, I think Bill Belichick will be able to use them just fine. And I went guard, uh, the replacements guard, Jamal Anderson. I went ahead and joked that, you know, with a garbage offensive line that we saw in the AFC Championship game, Anderson can come in, but, you know, put it, put up some, uh, stabilize that line a little bit better, and if somebody messes with Brady in the parking lot or in the locker room, he can just shoot their car out. Uh, number 31, the Denver Broncos. Well, this this is another tough one because they've got so much talent on both sides of the ball, including a lot of depth. But tight end, for me, uh, I know uh, I believe Olin Daniels caught two touchdowns, but Vernon, Vernon Davis Street just hasn't worked out. So I'm going to go with uh, – this is a tough one here. I'm going to uh, – man – I'm going to go with Brian Murphy from the replacement simply for the argument you made before about him being able to block and go across the middle. They need somebody that can open up the middle of the field, so I'm going to go with Brian Murphy. Great pick, great pick. Uh, I went with offensive line Louis Lastic uh, from Remember the Titans. You know, they were beat up on the O-line all year, so 
You got Brock Osweiler, who's probably more or less the future in Denver. I think we've all pretty much agreed on that, that this is Peyton's last year. So you're going to have to go younger quarterback. you got to protect the future, so I went there on that one. And last but not least, uh, the 15-1, or no, I'm sorry, it's now 17-1 Carolina Panthers. Well, I'm not sure if this is foreshadowing for a Super Bowl pick because the, the team that wins it gets to pick 32nd overall. So, <laughs> we I think we just went by the the way it came down with the, uh, the rankings and way, yeah by the records. Okay, I thought it was maybe just a little bit of foreshadowing because we like to have fun with that on the show. <laughs> so they've got a lot of talent on this team, um, but I think eventually Jonathan Stewart is gonna I think age I think his age will catch up to him injuries. He's always been injury prone. So I decided to go with the running back on this one, and I just and I have made my decision. I'm going to go with uh, Bobby Miles from Friday Night Lights. Mm, booby, Booby Miles. Yep, booby, booby, my bad. Yep, booby, booby Miles. Miles. Uh, I took uh, Varsity Blues wide receiver Charlie Tweeter. I said this was a steal for the Panthers. They already had the outside threat with Benjamin coming back next year. You know, the rushing attack with Stewart, he looks a little bit healthier than what he did, and now Cam can open up that playbook a little bit more with Tweeter. And, you know, they'll have to force to cover him one-on-one. All right, so that will end the first round. And, you know, we we ended the first round last night. Uh, We still got about ten minutes. Is there anything else you want to bring up before we uh, get off the air here in a little bit? Well, I'm not really sure if there's anything I I really want to bring up. Um, Well, hmm. For me again. Well, actually, okay, so we always talk about movies we've been watching or we want to see. Uh, tomorrow, I'm probably going to go see 13 Hours of Benghazi movie. I heard from a lot of people that it's very well done. Um, somebody I work with heard from somebody she knows that you felt like you were there with them during the movie. So for that, I might go see it tomorrow. I, I've got the day off. I don't work weekends at the bank I work at. We don't work weekends at all. So maybe I'll go see that this weekend. That's all I really have to add. And Nothing else, really, I guess. Yeah, I will actually have it on AMC. Actually, pause the movie. Uh, Rocky Four is on it right now. It's probably You're just a bum about rock. over. You're a bum rock. Mickey loves you. No, but I actually love This was actually, I think this goes probably my favorite Rocky movie outside of the original. I thought two was okay. Three, when he fought Mr. T, was kind of cool. But when he fought the Russian, and then he goes to Russia to train in the snow, I thought that was really, really awesome. I think three and four. I think one through four stand alone, and then you know they kind of did something with Rocky Balboa. The 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 you know kind of the movies kind of got started tapering off a little bit. But when they brought it back, where he had to go fight uh, Mason Line Dixon, it was pretty cool. I know I've got some Red Box rentals to go. Uh, there's some sort of code my wife gave me for a free rental, so I've got the PS4. So I'm probably gonna go rent some Blu-ray movies tomorrow because you know there's. I'm not watching the Pro Bowl. I'm going to tell you. I, I think it's a waste of time. All these players that don't want to play anymore. There was an interesting thing that they were talking about. And I'm going to ask you this because I know we don't really do sports on Sunday night. But speaking of the Pro Bowl, did you hear that uh, two NHL players got a one-game suspension because they dropped out of the All-Star game? No, blue- I didn't. Alex Govechkin, yes, Alex Govechkin was one of them, and that's what caught my attention because, you know, he's wow. like the best player. Yeah, he's like one of the best players in the NHL, arguably the best player in the NHL. And he said he claims he had some sort of injury. He pulled him out, and the NHL suspended him for one game. That That is ridiculous. You know, I didn't know about that. Thanks for bringing that up, but 
That is just ridiculous. You know, I understand that they want these guys to play. I'm sure they suspended him because of how much he means to the game. Um, he's considered one of the best hockey players in the NHL right now, if not the best. So I think that's why they probably did it. But there's no excuse for doing that. And, you know, it's. I know the fans voted him in, but if they don't want to play, they don't want to play. It's A lot of these all-star games now almost have no meaning or weight to them outside of uh, – the um, Major League Baseball All-Star game because it, it's a fairman so it's home field advantage, either the AL or the NL. But I don't know if the NHL um, All-Star game um, has that kind of meaning, and that's just absurd. You, you shouldn't be punishing players for that. Punish them for doing stupid stuff off, on and off the uh, on and off the rink. Not not for this. That's just stupid. I said, what what if they started suspending NFL players for dropping out of the Pro, pro Bowl? It, it just you have know, me players be suspended out of the NFL for, okay, well, you're not going to play in the Pro Bowl. We're going to give you a one-game suspension. I guarantee them players play in the Pro Bowl, though, because once regular season starts, they want to be there. But, you know, I understand, you know, NFL's a little bit different, but it still makes no sense that you would suspend a player for willingly dropping out because, hey, I'm hurt. Yeah, it's it's stupid, and you would think about it. So there are there are guys that they get voted in, and they don't want to play because it's like, well, it's pointless. You know, players don't want to play it anymore. They and like I said, it's just a popularity contest. And I feel like the Pro Bowl is actually one of those games that no one really watches. I know a lot of people. I used to watch it a lot, and then when I was younger, and then the older I got, I'm like, man, you realize it's literally just a drop back and throw. It's like a backyard football game. It's like a two-hand touch game. You can't tackle anyone, really. You can't sack the quarterback, I think, on a, more than a three-man rush, so it's pointless. You pretty much play previous defense the entire game. So, it's stupid, but, you know, I, and I think if you're right, a lot of players would get suspended. Tom Brady's one of them, because I, I can't remember the last time he was in the Pro Bowl. <laughs> Probably um, like six or seven years ago, if that... Yeah, a lot of these guys don't want to play him anymore, so who cares? Don't suspend him. If they don't want to play, they don't want to play. There's a reason why they're a replacement guy. Yeah. Stupid. That's why they got oh. the alternate, yes. Oh, one other thing before we get out of here. Uh, Amos actually, you know, he was doing the hosting duties the other night. I know you're listening, buddy. You did an excellent job. Don't worry about it. It's a little bit different than what you normally do, but the more you do the hosting, the better you get at. Uh, one of the questions he asked that I thought was really, really good about this uh, movie draft we did. Out of all the picks you just made, which pick fits your t- which pick fix- fits the team the best? In other words, which one would realistically like make sense to you? Well, I have to go with Uncle Rico because the Browns stink <laughs> and they always pick quarterbacks that can't do anything. So it has to be Uncle Rico for me. And I actually went with the Browns as well for Moxon because he can run the spread offense with Hugh Jackson coming in. And the other one was, uh, what I say the other one was, imagine Charlie Tweeter playing for the freaking Panthers. That would, like, I, that would, like, be totally unfair if they actually went out and got a slot wide receiver. That would be unfair, and I'm with you. That's a great pick you made there, buddy. So do you have any uh, surprise picks coming up for round two yet? No, I have to look, but there might be a few that surprise people. There might be a team taking a quarterback that no one would expect, so... Keep an eye open for that, or ear open. Yes, yes, that, that that was one of the other questions that I was like, uh, you know, because he was asking what happened to Earl Wilkerson, and I told him, I said, he's coming up <clears> in my second round. I've actually made it all the way down, let me see on this, uh, I'm up to the Chicago, well, I'm up actually up to the New Orleans Saints for my second round pick, so it'll be like between all the writing for school and the writing for Jock Journal and 
the math homework that's just mounding up and all the reading I'm doing. It's it's I do it when I can and tomorrow I'm playing the domestic ear or I'm sorry, the domestic engineer of cleaning this clean doing some some uh, cleaning around the house. Uh so I'll probably go out at some point in time to get some movies. Uh, you know, like I said, I'm gonna sit here and watch Rocky Four, just hang out around the house tonight. I mean it's it's going to be one of the weekends where there's, like, literally nothing to do because <laughs> no football. <laughs> I mean, you, you could watch the Pro Bowl, but it, like you said, it, it's almost pointless at this stage. I wish they would bring back the skills competitions, the quarterback challenge, the, the celebrity flag football events. I mean, they try, like you said, they try to get cute with it when they use, like, uh, Deion Sanders and Michael Irvin to do, like, a draft for it. And I'm like, come on. These guys are not going to make it original AFC versus NFC. Don't mix these guys up any more than what they don't want to do. But that, that's just uh, – I'm just kind of disappointed on how the NFL has handled their Pro Bowl over the years. So, But actually, I did find out Ride Along 2 was still in town. This movie's been, the, been here for, like, two weeks now, and I still have not yet made it out my lazy butt door. Or off my lazy butt out the door to go see this movie. But I don't get paid on Monday, so I'll probably wait and go one night next week. Maybe Tuesday when we don't have this sh- when me and you are off on Tuesday night. So. But uh, I think that's about all the time we have for tonight. So you know, my parting thoughts, enjoy the boring weekend. If you get, if you get out, I think the weather is going to be nice here. So maybe I'll get out and do some uh, outside stuff, out, outside activity. Without any money, it's very rare. Oh, and I think I just dropped the Skype. All right, we are out of here. Well, the boy. Well, there you have it. The boys were at it again. We hope you enjoyed tonight's broadcast. We hope you had a good night and stay right where you are. Another show is coming up. Y'all come back now, you hear?